All right, everyone, welcome back to episode 13 of Barnick's Blazing Hot Podcast. I am your host, Barnick, and today we are going to dive into the NFL divisional round. And then I have a pizza review to do and a couple other things to talk about. This episode should not be as long as the other ones, but let's dive into it. All right, everyone, on to the next round of the playoffs, the divisional round. First up, we have the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Listen, my blazing hot prediction this week, the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to upset the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are vulnerable. They've showed it continuously throughout the season that they play down to the level of bad teams and they've struggled a little bit. Although their record does not reflect that, I think Doug Peterson, he knows the strategy and the formula for beating Kansas City. That's take Travis Kelsey out of the game and do not allow Patrick Mahomes to throw him the ball. And he needs to release that pass rush. With Patrick Mahomes not having much time, the Kansas City receivers are going to have to beat the Jags secondary, and I'm willing to bet that they're not going to be able to do that. I think Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence has the yips out of his system, and he has the momentum right now. He has the flow after playing a crazy good half against the Chargers. I just think that he is going to be able to elevate that offense. That Jacksonville offense does not have guys on it that you would say, yeah, they'd be my number one receiver. They'd be not my number one tight end, but they're guys that are producing and they believe in each other. I think the Chiefs could be slow off the bye and looking ahead to a matchup against either Buffalo or Cincinnati, and this could be their downfall. I'm going to take the Jacksonville Jaguars. Next up, we have the Eagles versus the Giants. Listen, the Giants were lucky they faced an overrated Vikings team with a bad defense. That's the only reason that the Giants' offense looked good. They will not be able to replicate what they did against an Eagles defense that is nasty top to bottom. They have guys that can stop the run. They have guys that can get in your quarterback's face. And the comparison to the Eagles team that won the Super Bowl is they have a better secondary that limits you from being able to pass to your receivers. The only question marks I have are Jalen Hurts and Lane Johnson being hurt. But guess what? These guys are tough as nails and they're going to come straight at the Giants. They have nothing to lose because they realize if they lose this game, it's over for the season. Unless the Eagles are just super flat and the defense gives up a lot of yards to Barkley, I think that they're going to be able to exploit everything in that Giants defense while holding them on the other side of the ball. The Birds are going to the NFC Championship. Next up, we have the Bills versus the Bengals. Listen, both teams struggled against opponents without their starting quarterbacks in the first round of the playoffs. But here's the thing. They both had extended time off because of the DeMar Hamlin situation. So in those games, the difference was Josh Allen was turnover prone and he made big mistakes where the Bengals offense was just off. They were not clicking. And I am going to take the Bengals because they've been to the Super Bowl. They've run through that AFC bracket. And I think that the difference is the Bengals can turn that offense on. And I do not think that Josh Allen can turn the turnovers off. Um... Like I said, Joe Burrow is going to stay undefeated in January in his college and NFL career, and their mission to get back to the Super Bowl is still alive. All right, so finally, we have the 49ers and the Cowboys. Both teams throttled their opponents in the wildcard round. But here's the thing. 
But when I was watching those games, I saw Brock Purdy, who looked jumpy and scared in the pocket against a mid-Seattle pass rush. He was rolling out of the pocket. He wasn't staying in there long enough. And I think for a rookie quarterback, that is going to be very, very hard against a Dallas defense that has Micah Parsons flying off the edge and other talented playmakers. I think that this game is going to be very, very close. And in order for the 49ers to win, they need to win the turnover battle, which means exploiting the weaker offensive line of Dallas than we've seen in years past and making Dak Dak Prescott have mistakes. You know, pick sixes, just regular interceptions, something that's going to turn the tide of the game. But I don't think Dak's going to make those mistakes. I think that Brock Purdy is, and I am going to take Dallas. I think their offense is too good. I think they were clicking last week. They have some confidence. They have some swagger, and I think they have the pass rush to be able to exploit Brock Purdy for who he is as a rookie quarterback. I'm not saying he isn't playing decent. I'm saying he hasn't faced a defensive line like the Cowboys, and I hate it. I hate that I have to go with the Cowboys because I hate them. I hate their fans. I hate everything about them. But I just have a feeling in this game that they are the better team overall just because I trust their quarterback situation more against the pass rush. Those are my NFL divisional picks. All right, so far throughout the playoffs, my record for picking teams is 5-1. and one. Let's see if the magic will continue this week. All right, so the next topic I'm going to talk about is a place that I was at recently to eat. It's called My Way Pizza Grill. It is in Hummelstown, PA on Middletown Road. Um, I'll, I'll tell you the pros and the cons first. The pros, they got my food out in less than five minutes. It was really good and as far as the service, and they were really nice there. So I like that, but... What I don't like is it was very expensive. It was almost $13 for a 10-inch brick oven pizza, which I forgot to mention. That is what they specialize in. And it just wasn't great. It was okay pizza. It was nothing good. It was nothing groundbreaking, and it was nothing terrible. Um, it wasn't like a 7-Eleven pizza or it wasn't like a, you know, like a CeCe's pizza that people say are really good. So my thing is, Their slogan is, we provide a fast food experience with high quality ingredients that revolutionizes the personal pizza your way. Yes, it was fast food, and I like that, but high quality ingredients, the chicken they used, you you didn't have a variety of different chickens you could choose from, and it wasn't quality chicken. And the bacon they put on for the chicken bacon ranch, it was the same bacon that you find on a Domino's pizza that people consider to be less quality. And then they said about they revolutionized the way that custom pizzas are made, personal pan pizzas. That is not true at all. There is nothing that they had or did that would top mod. So that's where I'm going to go into my comparisons here. Mod pizza. You have better quality ingredients. You have more selection. The price is better. The pizzas are a little bit bigger. They make it right in front of you. That's that's why Mod is better than this place because they want to say, oh, well, we revolutionize. Well, I'm pretty sure Mod was around before you were around and you do nothing different to set yourselves apart from Mod Pizza. 
So I don't understand where that comes from, but that's two things on their slogan that I feel like they just put in there to say, oh, well, we're a good company but and trying to be different, but they actually didn't do anything. Now I'll compare it to Domino's. Domino's is cheaper, just like Mod. You get more pizza for your money. Yes, the quality is a little bit worse, but I don't think it's that much worse. So I do not recommend this place to anybody unless you're just completely in a bind and need to grab something to eat. It's expensive. You don't get the overall variety that you would get from Domino's or Mod. Now, like I said, Mod is better quality. Domino's is very close, but it's not better quality, but it all depends on if you wanna spend more or not. So I would not recommend this place personally, and I would give it probably like a four, six on my scale. And the only reason I give it that, or that high, because I would probably give it a three is because of their customer service and how fast my pizza came out. Because it was something that, hey, at the end of the day, I don't look at it and say, oh, this pizza was, this pizza was really good. Like, you know, that's why I'm giving it a four, six. No, it was right in the middle. It was something that I probably would not get again. All right, so next up, I'm gonna talk about the Netflix hit series, Cobra Kai. So this ties in directly with all three of the Karate Kid movies from the 80s. Um, I'm just gonna give you a brief introduction to like what it's about, and then I'm gonna talk about the big news that Sony dropped. So first off, um, you have Johnny and Daniel, the protagonist and the antagonist from the first movie. And basically what happens is, um, Johnny finds a student, becomes his sensei, and opens up Cobra Kai again. And Daniel has a big issue with this because he has like PTSD from Cobra Kai and doesn't want them back in the valley. And eventually he starts training Johnny's son, which he doesn't realize is Johnny's son. And there's, you know, a lot going on, like Cobra Kai becomes the bullies of the school. And um, although Johnny's trying to teach them the right way, like he didn't start out right and, and poorly influence his students. And um, there's just a ton of back and forth. And it, it basically revolves around the rivalry between Johnny and Daniel, but creates more rivalries because Miguel and Robbie fight over the same girl. And there's just a bunch of different underrated characters that you come to love and like become prominent in this series. So basically by the end of the series though, you have um, like at least 10 to 12 well-established main characters. Um, and they bring back a ton of old characters from the past. Like John Kreese, he's, he's the main villain in the whole series. And, you know, Terry Silver comes back and just... If you liked the Karate Kid movies, then this is going to be it for you because it kind of adds to those. And it's not like it's goofy or it's stupid or it's poorly done. Like they did a very good job at executing and building the characters and, and doing the right storylines. So they recently announced that season six, which will come out this year, is going to be the last one. And basically it's like, okay, I agree with them ending it, but... In the last season we had, we had, or the last two seasons, we got introduced to like Daniel's son, who's a younger generation fighter and um, a couple other characters that they were trying to build up. So as they, so 
how do I put this without spoiling it? There's this big tournament that they're going to fight in that's not the All Valley because all the kids would be too old to fight in that now. And so basically what's going to happen is, is I believe this season is going to build up, you know, the training and, and the material for that um, tournament. And then there's going to be a movie that Sony announced. And I might be wrong on this, so maybe the last season will just have the tournament. But I think the movie is going to be around the tournament. And here's the thing. I think Cobra Kai is ending at a good time because, you know, you have the same characters. You don't want to keep rehashing the same material and, you know, <clears throat> trying to find different ways for the same characters to fight. But then again, at the end of the day, you just introduce so many new characters that I don't think you can sit here and just end it and be like, oh, yeah, we did well with their story arcs. So I'm trying to, to think about how they would do it. But here's the thing. I would give this show like an 8-4 out of 10. There's definitely some things that um, aren't great that they do, but a lot of it's it's funny, it's good. Um, you know, it's fresh new stuff that makes you want to watch the series. But at the end of the day, um, it all depends on if you even liked the Karate Kid movies, first off. And second off, if um, that's something that you're into. So what I would say is, personally, if you watch the first two seasons, uh, beginning to finish, and you don't like it after the climax of the second season, then it's probably not the show for you. Because I believe season two would be the best season, in my opinion, as far as, like, you know, material and what happens. So um, if you guys watch Cobra Kai, let me know what you think they're going to do. Um personally, like I said, I think that, um, season six, the last season will kind of set up the big tournament. Then they're going to have the tournament in the movie. And then since the young, younger generation of fighters hasn't had a chance to like build their story arcs, which they've just started to do. Um, I think that they'll do a spinoff series with those kids. But, um, at the end of the day, it's just, it's a show that I like. The only thing that I don't care for is they kind of, trash Daniel LaRusso throughout the series a little bit and give him a hard time and make things a little bit easier for Johnny so it kind of evens out and you like those characters the same um I just I don't know that an older wiser Daniel is the one that's going to make mistakes like he would have when he was younger but um that's okay like I said good series and I would definitely recommend watching it so one thing I want to talk about is like People that are trying to go viral on TikTok and um, some of those different apps that, you know, they do stupid stuff like, okay, I understand harmless stuff that, you know, isn't a big deal that people don't get riled up at. But some of the stuff that people are starting to do, like, you know, the language they're using and the actions they're making and the bad example they're setting for others, like, why do we condone that? And why do we even like promote that? That's just something that ticks me off so much because, you know, you have retail workers that are out there doing their jobs and, you know, people that are just trying to live their lives and not have an issue. And then these people that are trying to go viral on TikTok and be influencers are just ruining it. And they're making, you know, they're degrading people and make them, making them feel a certain way. And it's like, I, like, why can't you go do something normal and try and get views or likes? Why do you have to mess with people that, 
you know, are trying to work and trying to be good human beings. And then you push them away for wanting to do those jobs. And it's like, and then people wonder why we can't get people to work at McDonald's or Walmart or some of these other places because all the stuff that they have to deal with. And it partly comes because of these influencers. And then people see it online and they're like, oh, well, you know, my favorite influencer did this, so I'm going to do it. And it doesn't, it doesn't shake out like that. So, you know, if you people are watching those videos or, you know, trying to do that kind of stuff, if it's harmless and it means literally nothing, fine. But like, there is a story that came out and it was about this guy at McDonald's who ordered 200 chicken nuggets, a drink, fries, and tartar sauce. Went up to the window. As he got to the window, which probably took a little bit, he said, can you take the 200 nuggets off? I don't want them anymore. And then he kind of degraded the McDonald's worker because they said, because they could see the person mouthing saying, wow, I quit. Like, this is so dumb. And then when they took the food out to him or to the window or whatever they did, he was like rude and a prick about getting the tartar sauce. And that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. It's like, don't go do that kind of crap that, you know, people got to deal with. Like, even when they get home, like they think about that stuff. And, you know, for anybody that works a regular nine to five job, you know that you don't want to have to go home and think about the crap that other people were doing to you and then have it circulate in your mind. I know when I used to work at this one tubing facility, I mean, you used to think about that stuff all the time with how people treated you. So, um, you know, just one of those things to keep in mind. Not everybody's, you know, perfect or even a nice human being, but you know, when it comes to making people feel like shit, like that's something you shouldn't do. All right. Next up, um, Alec Baldwin, who, um, accidentally, and I'll put that in air quotes so people don't come after me, um, is going to be charged with involuntary manslaughter for the shooting on the set of rust. Here's the thing, you know, anyone who has any sort of knowledge, I don't care who you are, knows that you check a gun no matter what, even if there's a professional gunsmith, anything like that. Now, I'm not saying it's his fault because, you know, maybe he was in the rhythm of doing that kind of stuff. This is a very touchy subject, but, you know, someone died and I don't know that it's, it's fair to say that, um, you know, someone should get off with nothing for what happened. I mean, obviously Alec Baldwin didn't try it. That's why he's getting involuntary manslaughter. But at the end of the day, like he did kill someone. And I think that his negligence, even though, you know, he has someone checking the guns and doing those different things was the difference maker in someone being alive and someone being dead. All right. So that's going to end this episode. Next week, I'm going to have more rankings and product reviews and different things. I just got really busy this week and didn't have time to record as much as I'd like to. So next podcast should be out probably Monday after the NFL divisional round. So I'll get into that. I'll have some more topics. And other than that, fly Eagles fly, baby.